Welcome to Dr. Suzanne Howard's audio play. Thank you for downloading and I pray you are truly blessed. To get more information on Dr. Suzanne Howard's ministry, feel free to visit www.suzannemhoward.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy.
Uh-uh. <laughs> Good evening. Welcome. Look at my beautiful flowers behind me from Prophet. Look at it on the screen, Bernard. From Prophet Thomasina. That's cute, right? Look at that. Aw. When a prophet gives you sunflowers, you know situations are thin to turn around. Anybody need a fin to turn around season? Good evening, Lisa Logan. Good to see you on with us. Good evening, Camille, Diana, Vanessa. She's also saying hi to you. Uh, Mike Rose. <laughs> yes, Mike. Dom was dethroned. Dom said, I'm committed, and you better top it if you want commitment. Gwyneth, Renee. Oh, thank you, Renee. Yes, Caitlin, turn it around. Being led of the Holy Spirit tonight before I even got on in prayer, praying for the show, praying for the ministry, um, praying for the mental health coaching. I believe that I'm going to be led to pray at least three specific prayers before we end tonight. Um, I was also thinking that tonight would have been a good night to bring on some live, but I think on StreamYard, I can't do it like I was thinking about Facebook, like Facebook. I believe I would just, you just have to request to be on, but StreamYard, I think we would have to schedule that in the beginning. Ebony, I'll look for your response. You can tell me what we can do. Um, Diana Santos is giving a shout out that the lighting is on point. We just had a family discussion in here because I told him that he was um, the lighting director and he said, no, I'm the manager. I've been managing you since I got you on public access television. And I said, no, sir, I'm sorry. You are in charge of lighting. You are the lighting director. And we went back and forth for a minute. And then Peyton comes in the room and says, I'm the manager and I've been the manager. So I don't know what position you are trying to make for yourself. So I threw in, well, Ebony's the producer of the show. So, um, hello, somebody, but that's, that's all the family. <laughs> Nisi's laughing. Good evening. Mike Rose said, Bernard, you the man, bro. The lighting, they like it. Rochelle, welcome. Gwen Tucker. That's right. Ebony, you have it already. 
Nanita. Mm. Chantel. Come on, Prophet Charlene. Lisa Palmer, good evening. Deja, Daniel Woodard. Leah, welcome, Elder Connie. Good to see you on with us. Dominique, she said, I'll get these folks committed and on time. She's my private weapon. Crystal Adgers, Elitza. Rosalind, Mr. Howard, Nanita, Candy, good evening. Happy belated birthday to you. I know I said it on social media, but here's to you, baby. Patricia Wilson, Tasha Ross, Latoya, welcome. Caitlin, welcome. Carmen Ortiz, she likes the sign. Come through, road sign. Go ahead, Camille. Latanya, Coach Latanya, good evening. Faye Molden, I can't wait to hear about your speaking event and how well you did. I know you did well. Kamisha. Evangelist Gwen is working her flashcards. Yolanda, good evening. I'm just scrolling up before I get started. Kingdom Health Connections. You know how at the end of the show, they had all of the um, credits, the people involved. Well, I'm doing the credits before and we'll handle it um, at the end. We'll just let it go. You hit an angry face on uh, Facebook. Oh, yeah. yeah, you got to fix that. Where Wherever you hit an emoji. I didn't hit Good evening, Keisha. Sandra, welcome. Welcome, Cheryl Johnson, Tulsa. Ubi, Canada's in the house. Donna, welcome. Chevelle, Sherry Chambers, I'm loving your testimonial and your testimonial emails that you sent in. Heartfelt. Nicole, welcome. Crystal Adgers, Priscilla Harris, good evening. All right, Bianca Cruz, Carmen Jones, Davita, Maria Rodriguez, R. Cherie, good evening. And that takes us to the top. We're at 77 tonight. I know more names have come in since I started the reading. Welcome to night 13, Saturday, January 14, 2023 of Soul Detox. Welcome. Come on in with a table of spread and the feast of the Lord is going on. Let me make some changes here real quick. Put my ticker on. Let me get rid of my background for a minute and I'll put it back up probably by the end of the show. And we'll move that way. How was that? Did y'all like me on the big screen or did y'all like having something up there? So... Option number one to my managers and my producers. Right there. That How do you know? Business life. Let's go. Handle your audience. You want to be fired? Handle your audience. <laughs> and I got another surprise for us, but hopefully that I put a note here. I did put a note here 
And um, I'll remind us about this as we get going. The Lord has been speaking for all of us detoxers. And he's going to finish this work that he has started in us. It's 30 days at the beginning of the year, but he's going to work this out from the crown of our head until the soles of our feet, until the end of this year, until we get together again, January, 2024. So welcome again. I am your host, Apostle Dr. Suzanne M. Howard. Blessings, Prophet Erica. Allie says, good evening from Vegas. So let's go ahead and pop up what states we're viewing from. Good evening, Noemi. Good evening, family. We're up to 77. Let's keep it going. Let's take a moment and like and share. Yeah, the lighting manager is uh, funny. That's one word for him. Come on, Connecticut. Come on, New York. Come on, we want to get this spread out. We want 25 different states in here. Let's go. And I know we have Connecticut. We, okay, I see Tennessee. We have Connecticut, Mass, Tennessee. We have Oklahoma, Delaware. We've even had Canada. That's a whole nother league for us, but that's what we want. I'm trying to think who else has been on here. Did I say New York already? Mm -mm. There goes New York. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's Dominique. All right. I see Connecticut, of course, is strong. Come on, heartbeat. Jamaica. Jamaica and Canada is taking us international. Tonight, we are picking up on compartmentalization 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 and we're going to land somewhere in between displacement and intellectualization yeah there he goes. Hey, Nick. Up to 76. All right. So let's talk and then we'll do a little bit of our business at the end. Hopefully everyone has registered. We're just maybe one shy, I think I noticed, of 200 registered names for So Detox. I was meeting with my team and we were talking about planning a retreat, a conference retreat for a weekend, possibly in March to give people time to come. And I would even love to see people coming in from different states. If we plan it with enough time, it would be good to have a very exciting, a very healing conference and a retreat weekend where people can kind of go to their rooms and kind of meditate on what's been taught to them, you know, having prayer tabernacles all weekend set up where people can go in and get prayer and healing and encouragement and loved on 
but we've been thinking, um, talking intensely about it. So it will be good to know because it doesn't make a difference how much things you want to do. If the people that God has called you to serve in ministry are not interested in it, what good is it? Sometimes our vision comes too early and the people just aren't ready for the vision yet. So if you think that you would um, be interested in a weekend conference and retreat, inbox on the screen here now. Matter of fact, just post it on the screen and let us know that I will be interested in coming for a weekend of conference and workshops and healing a retreat conference weekend. So while I'm reading, Suzanne M. Howard, mental health coach, is not the viewer's counselor or coach and is not operating in the role of being a therapist to whomever is viewing, because I don't even know who's viewing. This site is for information and education only. Got it? Good. We can get back to our business here. Interested? Okay. We could even have it in New York City where people who fly in can fly in directly. They don't have to get another plane or something over to Connecticut. It costs more. Okay, Cheryl Johnson, we'll see what the Lord has in mind. All right. Come on, Keisha. I see you. Yeah, I think it would be good. I think it's time. I think it would be a good time. Six years of doing this. I think it would be a good time to kind of like pull the people together and, and really get it happening. Good to know. So um, let me put my note up here so I can remember that I have to give these instructions before the night is over with, because tonight is night 13. So we have two nights to prepare for this. Okay, so it looks like it's, it will go over well. Good. All right, so let's get into this work so that at the end I can pray, prophesy, move in the word of knowledge, however it is that the Lord will have it be on tonight. Um, Ebony is going to test for me, Ebony, with no notice, of course. That's how I do it. I'm an adventurer personality type. Um, I want you to test seeing if you can bring someone on into the green room with you while I'm here teaching and talking, um, try it with one of the coaches, if you may, and just find out if it's something that we can do when we're already online, or is it something that only can be done once we um, set up the, the uh, show? Could you please test that for me? I didn't see Maria on, but I know Latanya and Lisa is on. Okay. I didn't even know we had a private chat. Excuse me, y'all. I'm learning something new with this. All right, so let's go. Compartmentalization. What is compartmentalization? Compartmentalization is blocking out awareness of certain parts of your personality. It's similar to disassociation, but much less extreme. If you act in a way that is inconsistent with your values, incongruent is what we're talking about. If you act in a way that is inconsistent with your values, you may compartmentalize that action and block it from your awareness. Compartmentalization. If you believe that the Bible is true, but you still act differently than what the Bible says, and you feel no conviction or no self-judgment from that, usually it's people who compartmentalize. 
and they literally see nothing wrong, even though they say they value this or they say they believe this, their actions oftentimes don't line up. Their thought processes is compartmentalization. Compartmentalization is blocking out awareness of certain parts of your personality. It's similar to disassociation, but less extreme. If you act in a way that is inconsistent with your values, you may compartmentalize that action and block it from your awareness. It can also be understood as separating parts of your life into different categories to avoid anxiety. For example, a person might be honest in their routine management of money and then cheat on their income tax return. They don't see the discrepancy between value and honesty and value and honesty with finances and then being dishonest with tax filing compartmentalization. They have compartmentalized the behavior of paying their taxes. Do y'all understand that? Can you think of some ways where you have compartmentalized? I often see it when I'm on Facebook or I should just say social media in general, where people, um, they're posting their scriptures. They go to church every Sunday. They love the Lord. They believe the Lord. Um, but they're co-signing some crazy mess like um, um, all this revealing attire in leadership positions in the church. Um, I've seen it with... Um, even arguments like the church will get into arguments over world rappers and um, R&B singers. And we'll be all caught up in that argument when that is not even a part of who we are. Zion has her own music and we'll be standing up for Kanye and standing up for Cardi B and into all kind of argument. Beyonce is a big one between Beyonce and Kanye. I think they are the biggest arguments for the church. We always got something to say because it's a personal preference. It's something that we like personally. And we've compartmentalized about what God says about worldly music, about people who are of the world, who are, who are of the world. And then there's us who's in the world. You get what I'm saying? Anywhere else. When you act in a way that goes against your own values. I've seen Christians just going crazy for things. And it's like, why are we even in this conversation? And if we do belong in the conversation to give our point of view on that particular subject, we are not making a biblical representation of what the whole conversation is about. There was just one on recently too. I forget what it was. I think it was like six women. They were all highly highly degreed 
great universities they got their degrees from, all young black women. And it was one older woman on the platform. And she, unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because she had to be older, was able to give the most biblical view of the conversation when the other ones was like, we need to mind our business and let Kirk Franklin do what he do. And we need to mind our business. And um, we ought to, um, Beyonce confesses Christ and that ought to be good enough for us. You know, people making statements that go against the values that we're supposed to have. And, and, and this thing about, you know, not liking to be judged and not wanting to be judged, but that's making a judgment. And the judgment is not in what Christ says. That's good. I'm seeing when y'all, what y'all post up there. Very good. Compartmentalization. When we go against the very thing we believe in. How about sometimes I see this in, in, um, in church. I see this a lot when we know what the Bible says about certain things, but we let our family get away with it. We know what the Bible says. We preach it over the pulpit. We tell the church what God says, what the word of God says, but we'll see the church leadership or the first family kids being able to do everything. Compartmentalization. And oftentimes, you know, I've had disagreements, lost some friends on some of these conversations as well. But we have to stick with what the Bible says. And if we don't agree with the Bible in any portions, because there's portions that we have not agreed with it yet. And it's because we haven't had that revelation conversation with God or we haven't studied the text out completely enough. Then we then don't have a comment on it. Sit back and get, immerse yourself into a couple of groups. Sit back and, 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 you know, look at, I look at people on TV who do not confess Christ. I look at people who literally hate Christ. I listen to Muslim teachings. I listen to what's his name? Bill Mayer, Bill, Bill Mart's stuff on TV. He is apostle Paul pre-Christ. He hates Christians. He made a movie about Christians. Religiosity. I think the name of it is. He cannot have a show on at night without dogging Christians. And I love his show because I'm learning from each side of the aspect so that I can actually have a view of something and, and understanding it biblically. Thank you, Ashley. Make sure that your personality doesn't fall into compartmentalization where you are blocking out your biblical your spiritual awareness. It's, it's less extreme than disassociation, but it still falls on that lower end of the spectrum. If you or anyone else is acting in a way that is inconsistent with their values, they may be compartmentalizing that action and literally blocking it from their awareness. Wow. We, huh? So see how sometimes we get upset with people and we get mad with people. Maybe there really is a part of them that is completely unaware that they are even blocking this thing out. Compartmentalization. I don't like when people don't pay me back my money, but you robbing on your taxes. 
right? It's true. Whether we all need to work on that better or not, this is to bring in a level of awareness to us so that we can be more like Christ. And it starts in our personality type. What is it that you cannot stand someone doing to you? I can't stand thieves. I cannot stand stealing. It does something to the inside of my soul. The next one is lying. And I thank God that I don't steal. And I thank God that if I white lie, I'll black lie, but I don't believe that I'm a liar. I don't live as a liar. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it would be as if you say, I can't stand a liar. The one thing I hate is a liar. And then you spend every day of your life lying to people and lying about things. Look at y'all. I can't stand a liar. I can't stand a liar and a thief. Lies and stealing. Bullies. Compartmentalization. That was me today. Come on. Lord knows I hate a liar and a thief. So when's the last time you stole something? Double standards. That's right, Angela. If you really hate something as much as you say you hate it, or you hate when something's done to you, what do you do? Because I know with me, the Holy Spirit, he reminds me just like that. Literally, he reminds me of something I stole 20 years ago when someone stole from me. And I was upset that this person stole from me. I was heated. I was telling people they went in my pocketbook and stole from me. Heated. And the Holy Spirit said to me, what about that time you stole? And I was like, Lord, I wasn't even saved then. He said, that doesn't count. What am I coming into your life saving you from if your pre-life in me doesn't matter? It's under the blood, but it is not under the water. I know about it. What is it that you have this? Let's 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 be churchy for a moment. This righteous indignation about, but you find yourself doing it. We're seeing it in our government system right now, right? attacking one other person for having classified confidential documents. And then they find out they got documents and more information released today. They have more documents, confidential classified documents. These people in government all the way up to the president, former president of the United States. Come on, y'all ain't getting free tonight. What is it that you have a problem with, but you find yourself doing it? See, this is why we need a weekend. So it could just be us, just us um, toxic people <laughs> that need to get some help. What is it? Let's talk, 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 talk. Let it out. Yeah. People steal every day. Do you steal? Compartmentalization. When you cannot feel the conviction that you feel for living like a hypocrite. When you cannot feel the conviction that you feel for doing unto others what you don't want to be done to you. Yes, ma'am.
Very good. There's a good confession. Mike on Facebook says, I hate being yelled at and often don't realize I yell and I am loud. See, we do it. It's in all of us. But to what degree are we doing it? Is it affecting and tarnishing our uh, representation of Christ? Is it affecting our relationships? Is it affecting our jobs, our careers, our employment? Then we've got a problem. Somebody said, I steal time from work. I used to steal time, post-it notes, note pens, work on the job and get mad at them for interrupting me while I was doing personal work on the job. I bet you a lot of us steal uh, time from our jobs. All right. I think y'all got it. Think about compartmentalization. When some people don't feel convicted in the areas that we think they should, they're probably people who compartmentalize. The next one we're going to talk about tonight, because I want to have time to still pray if, if we, uh, if we get there displacement, let's talk about displacement. Displacement is the redirecting of feelings or impulses about one person towards another less threatening person. Displacement is thy redirecting of feelings or impulses about one person towards another person who is less threatening. I know it's been told a long time ago. Y'all probably heard this where if the parents split up and whichever parent the child stays with is the one they usually retaliate against, rebel against, become very disrespectful, unappreciative, somewhat entitled. That's a form of displacement right there that they know that they can mistreat the parent that they stayed with because the parent who stayed with them has proven to them they're not going anywhere. So they displace their anger and their their abandonment issues. They displace their fears on the mother, usually who stayed when a lot of the anger that they have is really towards the father. But they know that the father is maybe not around or the father um, would never stand for you to talk to them like that. Or the father wouldn't even give ear to let you think you can talk to me like that. So we displace the anger and the disappointment and the brokenhearted feelings towards one parent and we'll throw it on another parent. It's often used when the person feels that it's unsafe or unwise to direct the feelings towards the actual person involved in the problem. Yeah. Someone else on Facebook. I was raised by a single mother. Tons of displacement anger towards mom rather than dad. And it's it's been taught to us in our training that it's because psychologically that child knows that that parent has proven to them they are there and they're not going anywhere. So they have this mistreatment of them. And I never could understand it until I was taught the displacement theory. Most commonly... Feelings of aggression are displaced as a defense mechanism 
it isn't effective because it tends to cause new problems by involving other people. How about couples? They could have issues somewhere else in traffic, on the job. They were mistreated on the job, mishandled on the job, and they come home and they take it out on their spouse. It's familiar. That's why this, the old statement goes, familiarity breeds contempt. It's familiar. The person's familiar to them and they have a level of comfort where they believe I can mishandle you with all the stress that I'm dealing with. I don't know where else to address the stress. So you get it. That's displacement. Remember, let me go back up to the original definition. It's the redirecting of feelings or impulses about one person towards another less threatening person. So you stayed, they left. I'm going to take it out on you because you're less threatening than they are. Think about a person who gets angry at their boss, but displaces that anger towards their spouse. The expression of angry feelings towards their boss is considered unacceptable, maybe due to the threat of losing their job. See? It feels relatively safer to get angry at their spouse who is unlikely to set some serious consequences. And we do that often. Can anyone think of any times where they actually were operating in a personality type of defense mechanisms such as displacement? Taking it out on someone else, feelings, impulses, path of least resistance. I like that. Someone says, I think this happens to caregivers. It makes sense. Yeah, redirecting anger towards the parents that didn't protect rather than the abuser. It definitely tends to cause new problems in another area. When one feels unsafe with directing anger towards the person that they are actually angry with. Good, y'all doing some good note taking. I'll give you that for a Saturday night. Someone says, I have done that many times. So we need to govern ourselves much more accordingly because displacement causes more problems than the original situation because now you've offended someone else. You've hurt someone else. And yes, you can go back and apologize. But sometimes apologizing is just like, you know what? You just have this kind of behavior all too often. I'm just going to uh, chill with you for a while. And there's other people out there that are like me. I'm the type that I take something for a long, 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 long time. But when I'm done. I am done and nothing or no one in the world can get me to go back and deal with a situation that I have suffered long through. 
and people don't understand it. They're like, well, what made you go now? You dealt with this all the time. What made you cut them off? You dealt with them all this time. I'm, I'm long suffering. It is a spiritual gift for my gift assessment. The Wagner gift assessment. If you've never taken one, go online and Google Wagner gift assessment. Find out what your gifts are because some of your gifts may be working against you in these type of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Good. Y'all are catching up really good. Any questions about that? We're going to hit this one tonight, and then I think we'll be good to go with some prayer for our ending tonight. And I'm going to ask you some questions regarding the prayer as well. Intellectualization. Intellectualization. Let's talk about it. Intellectualization is the avoidance of feelings in an emotional situation and instead focusing on thoughts and using logic. It is an overemphasis on thoughts to protect ourselves from the anxiety of stress in the moment. So we can kind of come to this resolve, right? That defense mechanisms are truly there like all the other things that have come up under this classification, that it's all about anxiety and stress of the moment. So since the feelings are blocked from awareness, somebody say blocked from awareness. They are not managed well. The person reacts to the facts and acts on them by doing what is rational or necessary. I think I've literally seen this one played out maybe once in my life. Since the feelings are blocked from awareness, they are not managed well. You need to be aware of what you're doing here. The person reacts to the facts and acts on them by doing what is rational or necessary. Necessary isn't always right. Rather than deal with the pain associated with emotions, a person might employ intel to distance themselves from the impulse, event, or behavior. For instance, let me make it a little clearer for us. A person who has just been given a terminal medical diagnosis, instead of expressing the sadness and the grief that comes from such a report, they instead focus on the details of all possible fruitless medical procedures. Like that's their focus. Not like as they start talking to other people, want a second opinion, their mind just goes into what's necessary and what's rational, but not according to what is going on in their life. For example, a person might be told that a loved one has passed away and quickly begin to make arrangements for a burial or a memorial service. Jump right into gear. And it'll say something like, oh, I'm just about business. You know, I'm just this, this, this. No, no, no. Your body is going through something right now. 
and you are completely unaware what your body is going through and you're jumping into what you believe is necessary, maybe what's expected of you, maybe how you have always had to operate. But I need you to step away for a moment. The intense feelings of grief are blocked from awareness and replaced with a focus on what needs to be done. This defense becomes more problematic if it continues over time and prevents the person from acknowledging their loss and working through their grief. What are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Your comments are good. Y'all up to par here. So Ebony, how difficult is it for us to pull someone in if um, I wanted to pull someone in from our not live, but virtual studio audience? That's good. Apostle Pamela asks, is intellectualization a learned defense mechanism working more in certain professions? For example, first responders. It could be. Absolutely. I think a lot. I think like even going back to what I mentioned about our gift assessment, sometimes because of the gifts that are in us, because of the mantle that is upon each of us that is different. Sometimes those things operate more in life. Like, let's just say, for example, a pastor, um, they're nurturers. So without the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit, pastors can be kind of walked on more in personal relationships because the nurturing heart keeps nurturing and they don't have that prophetic edge to say no more. So in this question here that you've asked me, so we're talking about a first responder. So are their defense mechanisms more from their training or their on the job learning to keep them in more, um, I don't want to say a cold place of a, but a place of being able to react and respond instead of feeling. And I wouldn't doubt that at all. I would definitely give that a check mark and say, it's definitely possible, but it's definitely a defense mechanism that they probably had before they started. And now it's showing up in a certain way because of the job that they have. Okay, I see another question here. Does having a breakup and jumping into another relationship count on this? That's a very good one. And I would say definitely 100% because they're compartmentalizing their relationships that they're able to jump right into the next. And we all know that that's the worst thing to do for any of us. Camille on YouTube says, I ran from dealing with my father's death. But after all the planning, I had to deal with the emotions of his death. And thank God that you did, because if you did not, it would be so much more for you on the far end of it. Yeah. Alexandria, is it like desensitization, having a hard time grasping? Yeah, but that's not um, that's not so much of why we compartmentalize. Some of us do it to a, a, a shorter degree, a smaller degree. We compartmentalize work-home balance, right? Work, home, career, education, marriage, motherhood. So a lot of us have had to learn how to compartmentalize 
so we can balance with our life and schedules. I compartmentalize to a degree. I have to learn how to separate um, home life from ministry life. That's living in compartmentalization. When you look at our um, our government officials, they have marriage problems. They have children who are on drugs that maybe need them at home. Um, they have um, just children going through everyday teenage life problems and they cannot not show up for the seat that they have been appointed for because they are having an argument at home. Some of us will have an argument and we can't go to church. Um, we can't function. We can't show up in our ministry roles. We can't think at work all day. But yet when you think of people in these high seated positions, they have to keep going no matter what's going on at home. So in that text, <coughs> compartmentalization actually works for us. It actually works for us. I've had to go through some of the most emotional times in the last 15 years of my life while pastoring, pastoring a couple hundred people in the building and outside the building. And people would never know the weight of what it is that I'm carrying in my personal life because I understand that I didn't sign an application for a job. I answered a call. And a call is not something that you can punch in and out of. I know people think, well, if I'm not in a church, but I'm off the clock, leave me alone. You're never off the clock when you answer a calling. That's a commissioned duty. That's a commissioned office. That's like saying when the president isn't in the White House, he can act how he wants in the coffee shop or the bar or act how he wants off duty. It's a calling. It's not a job. So it's impossible. And that's that's a... um. Where we was before that compartmentalization. Where was that before that must've been compartmentalization. That's a compartmentalization thinking that we think that when we leave um, government, whether it's kingdom government, world government, that we can leave a position and do what we want to do. The, the military calls it a wall. You have to learn how to compartmentalize your life so that you can show up for duty and not be a derelict of duties. How many of y'all are ready to answer a call? Because you can't answer a call and say, um, you know, I've got heavy female troubles this month. So um, I can't preach. I can't teach. I can't show up for school. I can't exhort. That's not how it goes. You take something and you get into position. That's right, Booker. Can't clock out of your calling. You take your Pepto-Bismol, you take your Aleve or your Advil, and you show up for position. And you will be overly surprised to know that the anointing of God will meet you there. You get under that anointing and you will preach and teach and show up for duty. And when you're done, the pain may come right back, but you showed up for duty. So you're going to have to learn how to compartmentalize with certain callings. It has to be healthy compartmentalization. It has to be healthy. 
It's not an avoidance from fear or stress or an anxiety. I compartmentalize so that I can keep my work, my home life balanced. I can go out and relax and listen to jazz after someone left the church and said the most degrading things that they've ever said to me. Ashley, exactly. That's right. I can leave the church and be like just... And, you know, and, and it helps who you have around you too. Your spouse needs to understand the call, whether they answer theirs or not. They need to understand that they also have a responsibility and a duty to make sure that they be assisting. And you, just like you left that building, you need to be able to leave it in your mind and turn the page and pick up another file, start operating in another app. Because if you're all about work, you will get burned out. And burnout is always mental before it's physical. Okay, I'm reading y'all stuff here. That's some good comments. Compartmentalization. That's the healthy side of it. That's not a defense side. That's not when we're using it to block out anxiety, fear, worry, stress, right? It's when we understand that I'm, I have to show up here as a mother and I can't show up here even though I'm a pastor 24-7, don't separate me from it. I'm not bipolar. I don't move from polar Suzanne to polar apostle. Suzanne is the apostle. The apostle is Suzanne. So if Suzanne sins, an apostle sinned. I mean, it's, it's human life. Apostleship rests and, and reigns on human gifts, human people. Don't let people separate you. Don't let them split who you are. That's compartmentalization. So can I talk to Suzanne? This is Suzanne. Well, can I talk to the apostle? You're getting the same person. Don't compartmentalize me and my humanity by my callings. It is one. I've had some spiritual children that be like, can I, can I get the, the mother side to you? Because the apostle is burning me up. It's the same person, sweetheart. The apostle can offer a father or a mother sphere of love and guidance and support and direction. But you will not compartmentalize who I am. I do not have different personalities in this one vessel that operates as the wife or the mother. It's not different. What's different is God has given us a grace to know when to operate as the wife as the mother, as the husband, as the apostle, as the dad, as the pastor. It's a grace to operate in those roles, but they're all one. Come on, Elder Connie. We don't let people compartmentalize our callings by personality. It, it does something to me on the inside when people say to me, can I talk to Suzanne? How's Suzanne doing? Suzanne's doing just like the apostles doing the apostles doing just like Suzanne, whatever that is. It's what it is. We do not compartmentalize them because think people, I, I, I've got to tell this because I feel God moving in this area that when we allow us to compartmentalize our role, our, our mantle, not our role, our mantle from who we are, then we can think what well, the apostle doesn't go out and listen to jazz and drink wine. But Suzanne might do it, but I'm going to jump back in my super cape and now there's no sin around me and there's this glory and this angelic power around me that I don't desire to do those things. It's the same person. 
There is a humanity that resides in these offices. And I don't care how super powerful or super dope people want to make it. There is a human side to these offices. Thank you, Apostle Pam. Don't do it. I'm one person. So instead, say something like, I know you're my apostle, you're my spiritual mother, or I know you're an apostle and I know you're my wife, or I know you're an apostle, but I, I need the friend side to you today. But don't compartmentalize who I am. That's where we think that we can sin in one part of us and be holy and righteous in the other. It literally is what it is. Exactly, Booker. Would the response be different? And for many, it is. For many, their voice even changes because they, they live in compartmentalization. We've moved on from it, but this right here is where God is parked tonight. We've, 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 we've even, you, I can hear voice changes in people when it's the apostle. And then it'd be, girlfriend, and be like, okay, you just switch caps and you just run in a phone booth somewhere. It is what it is. I don't have a way that I dress as an apostle. I have a way that I dress for business because what I do requires me to have a business appeal. But my human side, Suzanne, she likes business style. So it's easy. But don't think for a moment you won't catch me in ripped jeans and a T-shirt and a blazer on. Same person. We just try to take out humanity. Christians have such a problem with being human. And when God made us human on purpose, he loves our human side, flaws and all. Doesn't give us an excuse to stay in sin. It doesn't give us an excuse to, um, to, to say I'm human, I'm human. It doesn't give you an excuse to do that, but there is an acknowledgement there that it is necessary. I'm your girlfriend who is an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm your wife who is an apostle of Jesus Christ. And my husband can even tell when the apostleship moved. I know Misha can pick it up all the time. We'll be laughing and playing and being real, real silly. And all of a sudden, choo -choo, I'm still Suzanne. I'm still the apostle. But something shifted. But I'm still the same person. And when we, we don't have that, that understanding of those who have these callings, the offices, this mantle, we kind of... We can force some people to compartmentalize their roles and it will literally cause them to be what I would call hypocrites. You cannot be free and enjoy the calling that God has called on you if you have to always pretend that you have to be this super, supernatural person. Thank God my apostleship rests in Jesus Christ, but don't think it don't be jacked up sometime. All right, Daniel Woodard, come on. Yes, Prophet Charlene. So watch those conversations. Everyone doesn't understand and no one does it on purpose. But now that you have gotten a higher level of education, understand that God has given us graces to walk with a mantle in us, a human side to us in roles as, as wife and husband and mother and father and girlfriend and guy friend. He's given us these roles to walk in, but do not let anyone and do not do it yourself. Compartmentalize those roles because you'll find yourself operating in one different than the other one and thinking you're getting away with something. All of these Hollywood actors and Hollywood singers, they all have these, um, 
What do they call those other personalities? They have another name. I know Beyonce's is Sasha Fierce. They have the alter ego. They operate in the alter ego because she believes that when she's Sasha Fierce, she can be this promiscuous, prowless sex goddess. But she says her natural self is very shy, very timid. So she takes character. She channels herself in this alter ego. I don't have to channel myself as an apostle. I have to channel myself as a wife. I know when to be a wife. I know when it's time for um, Amazing Grace and I know when it's time for Barry White. You don't have to channel anything. It's a grace that's upon our life. So be free, people of God, not to sin, but to acknowledge where you are and walk therein of that truth. God has given us this power. He's given us this authority and he's freed us so that we can take his yoke upon us because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Hallelujah. That's our teaching for tonight. We're going to go deep as we're heading up to number 20. Tomorrow is going to be number 13 of our list of high 20 um, defense mechanism. Tomorrow we're going to deal with some rational rationalization and we're going to deal with passive aggression. We're going to work around the corner and end up at fantasy defense mechanisms, a level that's different from the one we talked about already suppression. So we've got a little bit of work to do and we're going to even deal with humor as a defense mechanism. How many of y'all fall into humor when you feel anxiety or fear or stresses that you're trying to avoid and you throw jokes out there? I've got a healing for you too. Amen. Latanya, am I able to pull you in for a moment so we can test this out? Shake your head. I can see you, but I can't hear you. Okay, let me pull you in. We're going to test this out because this is what I want to do with y'all. I want to pull the audience in. And I want to be able to pray for you. All right. See if you can put your mic on. Can't hear you. Might be something I have to do. Let me see. Nope. It's nothing on my end. Is there something on yours? Let's see. I thought I saw something earlier in here about your guests. Automatically add shared screens and videos. Guests, here we go. Guests can see the viewers' comments. Play a sound. Guests must authenticate. No. You can leave. Okay, I don't see where it's on my side. You're welcome for the teaching tonight. Latanya is going to keep testing that out here. And I want to uh, talk to y'all for a moment. Yeah, it's, it's all good on my side. It says um, edit mic for coach Latanya automatically adjust mic volume. So you should be good. So you and Ebony work that out. I want to pray for someone in the studio audience. I didn't want you to leave Latanya, but I want to pray for somebody in the studio audience. I want to um, pray some specific prayers tonight. And I want to pray for those who um, can commit to this or who can agree to this, that you would like some prayer on, um, let's say, Oh, come on, Holy Spirit, speak. 
Let's have prayer for a quick prayer we're going to do on depression. Is there anyone on here that is going through depression and you would like prayer for depression? Okay, Kamisha, Rochelle, Denise, Linda, and Booker, Chantel, Arshari, Sherry. Renee. Yep, I got you, Chantel. I see Camille coming up. Father, we come to you in the volume of the book that it is written. And we come to you to pray for those who names that I have just named and those who may be coming up on the screen yet asking for prayer from depression. I pray for those that will also watch during replay, whether it's in the next hour or in the next years, I pray in advance, Father, as your hand has no distance that it cannot reach. I thank you for being God over humanity. I thank you for being the God who breaks oppression and depression. I pray for healing from each woman, each man who has asked for prayer for depression something that may be constant or something that may show up during certain times or even seasons of their life. I pray father, as they feel that their world has collapsed, that they have moments or seasons where they are in this dark, deep pit alone with no answers and hope seems far from them. I come to you an intercessory prayer, bringing those before you, Father, asking them wherever they are right now from home that they would lift up their hands and they would ask God of the universe to come into their rooms tonight, to their homes tonight, to bring an angelic te team of hosts of angels to minister to their soul, to minister to their waking body, to their sleeping body, a complete surrender of everything that separates them from trusting you, God. The trust may be so deep that they don't even realize that it is the lack of trust that is causing this depression to be able to enter in and out of their life as it deems necessary. I pray, Father, for those that I have called out tonight that they will become desperate for you in this depression. I pray tonight, Father, that they will not show up helpless and afraid, but they will show up as victors and victorious. I decree and declare tonight that they are the head and not the tail, that they are above only and not beneath and no weapon, even that from the enemy or from word curses spoken from human beings will be able to prosper over their life. I anoint them tonight, father in the volume of the book that it is written 
that they will curse every name curse that has come their way. They will send it back to the pit of hell from whence it came. As you have stated, Father, that we have the power to condemn. We condemn depression. We condemn genetic depression. We condemn learned behaviors of depression. And we condemn the spirit of depression from our lives now in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, because we believe tonight and we touch and agree tonight with 88 other people that it is so and that it is done in Jesus' name. I want y'all to just thank him in your house right now, wherever you are. I want you to just thank him. Just begin to thank him. Just begin to thank him. Just begin to thank him. I want to pray for those tonight that need health and healing. Almighty God, eternal God of this entire universe. You are the only source of their health and healing. And we come to you. We stop at no other God. We wave no sage. We come in the truth as the Bible is the final authority in our lives. We come to you and receive the calm healing balm of Gilead for health and healing in our lives. You are the only true peace in this universe. And you have given us posture that we can come directly and boldly to this throne. Grant to each of us an awareness of your presence. Give us perfect confidence in you. In all pain and weariness and anxiety, teach us to yield ourselves to your never failing care, knowing that your love and power is always with us, is always surrounding us and will never be away from us. We trust in your wisdom and your providence, even in our health and in the desire for our healing. Give us health and give us strength. And most of all, give us your peace. And we receive it now through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And amen. Come on and amen. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just begin to thank him. Come on, it's not hard right in your house, wherever you are. If you're afraid or ashamed because there's someone there, just lift your hand a little bit. Put your hand on your heart. Just begin to thank him. He inhabits the praises of his people. As you thank him, God can do abundantly more than what I have prayed. God can take a prayer, an affirmation, a decree and a declaration to higher heights and deeper levels. He can bring it in just for you. Lord, I pray for those that are under the sound of my voice tonight. I come to you today standing with those that are on this live with us and those that will be on the replay. And as we touch and agree with you tonight, we touch your healing hand on tonight. And you, all things are possible. Hold our hearts, Lord, within yours. Renew our mind, Lord, our body and our soul. Let not one tonight be lost from this prayer of agreement because we come to you under your grace. You gave us life and you also give us the gift of joy. Give me the strength of joy to move forward on the path that you have laid out for us. Give me, guide me towards better health. Give me the wisdom to identify those that you have placed around me to help me get better. 
I pray for those that are recipients of this prayer. And I pray for those who have been called to walk aside you to help you get better. We pray for that caretaking, that soul taking relationships. And we touch and agree now in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Someone tonight wants to pray for a friend. Maybe the friend won't get on the lies. Maybe they're so angry. They're so hurt. They lost so much hope. We stand tonight and we stand in the gap through intercessory prayer. If this is you, I want you to touch the screen tonight for your friend. We're going to get a little symbolic tonight, but there's power in agreement wherever you are, whether you're on your telephone, your TV screen, your computer, your tablet. I want you to put your hand on that screen, even if it's a piece of it. And I want you to be able to, to begin to thank God for healing your friend. Thank God for the healing that your friend would not even be connected to if your friend was not connected to you. We're going to have a chain of healing tonight for friendships. God, I thank you for my friend who is either sick in body, who may be low in spirit, or may be attacked in their mind with psychological warfare. We are connected now and we commend the spirit of passion and compassion to rest on them. We release the healing bomb of Gilead that will carry with it the hopes that will carry with it the hope in the future. Provision to get up out of the sick bed, whether it's a bed naturally or is it a bed that they have made for their lives to be stuck on and complacent. Father, comfort those that are lying literally in a sick bed. Remember my friend, Lord, ease his or her suffering father in Jesus name. We beg for deliverance and we submit that no healing is too hard for you, Lord. It is actually your will. We make intercession just like those that made intercession when Peter was in jail. And before you know it, Peter was knocking at the door. We touch and agree with that prayer tonight. We pray that you bless our friend with your loving care. Renew their strength and heal what ails them in their body and restore them to a youth that they haven't seen in over 10 years. We thank you for it now in Jesus name. I want to pray for those tonight that need healing from a broken heart. Father, there is so much in the word of God regarding when we suffer with a heart that is broken. Father, many of us believe that it is attached to another person, our joy and our happiness and our peace. But Father, you reminded us in the word that most of our unhappiness comes not from an individual leaving or an individual rejecting us. You reminded us in your word that our broken heart, our sick heart comes from the hope that we had in a situation that is now lost. We heal that brokenness tonight in Jesus name. Father, heal my broken heart in Jesus name. Come on and say it. Father, please heal my broken heart by faith in Jesus Christ. My broken heart is being healed now in Jesus name. Thank you for filling me with peace and joy that I know I can only come to your throne and receive the true joy and true peace that the world, people or things or events cannot give me. I thank you for I know tonight, I touch and agree tonight by faith, even if it's not even my knowledge, by faith tonight, I can come to you during this hard time 
and you are there and ready present to heal my broken heart. Walk closely beside me, Father, during my journey to healing and recovery that I know is possible through your power alone through you. And I come touching an agreement with that prayer in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I want to pray for those tonight that need prayer for forgiveness. Maybe we need to forgive someone or someone needs to forgive us. Come on and raise your hand wherever you are. Almighty Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and thank you for your mercy. I pray that my discomfort turns to comfort, that my pains turn to gains, my deprivation to more blessing, my losses to profits, my tears to smile, my sorrows to pleasures, my illness to wellness, my debts to credits, my dreams to realities. As the scripture says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. I trust in you, Lord, and in you alone to heal me from any form of skeptic skepticism or doubt that will hinder the blessing that you are pardoning on my life now in Jesus name. I trust you, Lord, that this agony, this suffering, this loneliness, this doubt. I trust you, Lord, that it is only in my head. And the victim mentality will be taking off of my life and my family life now in Jesus name. And I thank you that now the light that shines upon me is a light that comes from your face, a face of blessing, according to the Bible and Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to do one more prayer tonight. Tonight, I want to end this tonight praying for those who suffered abuse as a child. Physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, neglect, abandonment, any form of mistreatment, trauma, tragedy. I want to pray for you tonight. And we cry out and we touch an agreement to our father, which are in heaven. Hallowed in this prayer shall be thy name. We cry to you tonight, father, not because it's necessary to approach you that way but because that is the offset of our heart. We cried to you for the child in us that was abandoned, rejected, neglected, mistreated, mishandled, forgotten about, misunderstood, emotionally abandoned, sexually abandoned, physically neglected, sexually abused. Father, there are those on here tonight and those that will be in replay that were mistreated by family members. There are those on here that were mistreated, that were abused by mother or father. We pray tonight and we release your healing on their lives, on their minds. Even right now, as I release the fire of this prayer from my hands, I feel the power radiating father and from the crown of their heads throughout their entire being and being released through their feet will be a healing anointing upon that pain, 
upon those memories. Right now, angels are being dispatched in your homes, in your locations, wherever you are right now. Angels are being released right now to keep close watch on you and walk you through your deliverance and your healing. They are there to protect you now from every memory and every pain, every regression, every place of denial, every place of compartmentalization, every place of fear, stress, worry, where anxiety has become your defense mechanism because the memories are too much for you. I pray that angels will continue to surround you. I pray that in your sleep tonight, angels will begin to minister to you in a sleep state and that God will bring forth in you such a newness, such a healing, such a love, such a joy that he's releasing on you now the oil of joy of gladness. We're not going to do hypnotism to make you bring forth from a deep place and leave you heartbroken on tonight. But tonight we're trusting the healer, the chief healer, the chief physician, the chief psychologist, the chief surgeon is visiting you in your homes on tonight. And he's coming in and he's ministering and he's removing from you the barriers that have prevented your healing in the past. Tonight, you will not miss this healing as you are being healed now. In Jesus name, what was meant to hurt you, let it go in Jesus name. What has hurt you, let it go in Jesus name. We will not let this destroy you. God is here to break every yoke that is upon you. That is not of his. We are visiting you tonight in the crushed spirits. We take from you the burden and the yoke, the blame and the shame, the guilt of the memories of that pain. You are not what they said or how they treated you. What was meant to break hearts, we crumble it under the mighty hand of God in Jesus' name. And I can ask these things only through the belief and faith. The level of yoke-breaking power from the anointing of apostleship of Jesus Christ, the chief apostle, to break these things off of your life. As we continue to minister to you over these next 17 days, you will see healing. Healing and deliverance is your portion and it will continue to be for the next parts of this year as God allows us and the people helpers to minister to you. I thank you, Father, in Jesus name. If you receive that prayer tonight, I want you to put on the screen, receive the prayer on tonight. Come on, there's 91 of us on here tonight. I want you to put on the screen, I received that prayer in Jesus' name. You can replay it. You can go to the podcast, put it in your earbuds, and walk around the house with it. You can play it in the morning. We're just going to go higher and higher and higher. I received that prayer on tonight. I received that prayer on tonight. Ministering to childhood wounds. We went all the way back in time to minister to that child in you. I want to give you this note as we begin to sign off on tonight that the Lord has pressed upon me for us to add a fast to So Detox. We're going to start on day 15 and we're going to move. So we have two days to prepare. We're going to move from 15 to the 30th day. We're going to have a 15 day fast to end with this. 
The fast is going to be broken up in fives. We're going to have five days of one type of fast. The next five days, we're going to incorporate another fast. And the next five days, we're going to have a different portion of the fast. During this fast also, we are going to have soul work to do for each five days that will be set before us. So the fast will be 15 days. It will be divided up into three different fasts in which each fast we will have some soul work assigned to it. For example, on the first five days, whatever that it is that we move in for the fast, we may have five days of gratitude every day. You need to express your gratitude for something in your life that maybe you weren't grateful for before or hadn't recognized. And then the next week, we're going to add another five days to the fast. And we're going to add another level of soul work on there. We're going to complete a 15 day fast to solidify what we're doing here. And so detox, I'm done. I'm going to my comfy place and I'm going to put on my comfy clothes and I'm going to think about y'all and I'm going to pray for y'all and I'm going to enjoy my evening. If you've been blessed tonight, please consider sowing a seed so that we can continue to bless those and send out material to those who can't afford it. So many of y'all are inboxing me and telling me that there's people that y'all are buying books for that you want to sow into. And I love that. And I'm glad that you're able to afford it. Everyone's not able to afford it. We want this work to go out along the hedges and highways and the byways. We want to bring material to them. We want to be able to go and minister in places to children that maybe have been um, heartbroken or mistreated treated. We want to go into the school system, the libraries, and we want to minister. We want to train up coaches, other people who have come from pain that other people are trying to get out of. We want to license you. We want to secure the work that you're doing so that we can send out people to go and minister, even in our very own churches. If that is you and you are able to sow tonight, the giving is on the screen. And also you can visit the website for any question you have. You can at least ask it on the website at www.suzannemhoward.com. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Thank you for staying on for this extended time. But I believe that you are already blessed because this is what the Lord is doing. And it is marvelous in his sight. I thank you all for tuning in tonight. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. God bless you. Please share this with someone tonight. God bless you and good night. Latanya. You look beautiful, but still no volume. No. So we'll hang up and then I'll just pull you and Ebony in on a private stream and we'll test it out again. All right, great. Thank you. Good night, family. We love you. Thank you for bearing with us. Here's y'all beautiful background. Let it.
Dr. Suzanne Howard is happy to have shared this time with you. To get more information on solutions and personal development, coaching, and counseling of the soul, go to www.suzannemhoward.com. You can also find her on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Periscope. Thank you for tuning in with us.